And Jack says that the king actually let all of those thieves go. Jacqueline. Yeah. Jack, you know, Rodney, Jack, Jack. Margie, the usual suspects. Hello, how are you? It's so good to have you back. Yeah, we're like in a great mood. We just came off of recording another podcast. Yes, we were on uh, the podcast Download Your Thoughts. Soph and Claire had us on. They're absolutely sweet, like awesome people. It was such a good time. We met on many, many tangents, but it was a really, really good time. So you're definitely going to want to keep an eye out for that episode dropping later this month. Definitely. And today, it's just, like, a really good vibe. I don't know what it's like in Toronto, but it's, like, a nice day out. The sun is shining. Mm -hmm. It's definitely not sunny today. Damn. (laughs) It's sunny in my heart, and that's what matters. Good, good. We kind of have, like, a special episode today. Yeah. This was a requested birthday present episode, Mm -hmm. so we're very excited. Nicole, thank you so much for writing in and asking us to do this movie. Mm -hmm. So as an early birthday present to you, since I know it's not till next week, we wanted to do one of your favorite movies. Yes. And we would love to sing you a little happy birthday. We are going to do it. I'm not a singer. Be, please be forewarned. No one come for me after I do this. <laughs> I'm like, what, what key, what key? are we going to sing in? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, should we do An like alto version. down here? Like happy yeah. birthday down <clears> there? <throat> okay. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nicole. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Nicole. I hope you have a great day. I hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, without further ado, I guess we should say what movie it is we're doing. We are going to do the 1998, truly a classic, like I-Q-U-E. Mm-hmm. Ever After. Yeah. It feels very fitting that our first ever episode was a Cinderella story. Mm -hmm. And now we are covering for our last episode before one year of the pod. Yeah. Another type of Cinderella story. I think like we really can't get enough of the Cinderella remakes. Mm -hmm. You sent me this TikTok yesterday that kind of talked about how Cinderella is actually, like, a really empowering feminist story as opposed to, like, Mm -hmm. a more misogynist, like, retelling that people seem to, like, lob onto because Mm -hmm. Cinderella does so much for herself to get out of her abusive, like, horrible situation. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, like, if you go back to, like, the Disney classic, like, she's not going to the ball to meet the prince. She's just going because she wants to go to the ball. Absolutely. And, like, have a good time. And this TikTok talked about how, like, the really great traits that Cinderella has are ones that are seen as traditionally feminine, like being really kind, being really imaginative, being really creative. And people think that those aren't enough, Mm -hmm. that it's not, like, good enough, that those are, like, the great traits that this woman has. So I think it's just a really inspiring story. And there's a lot there. And that's why there are so many retellings of it. Totally. Yeah, I think it's just something that is so easily relatable when you feel like the environment you're in 
is Mm -hmm. constantly getting you down. Yeah. And I think that's why a Cinderella story also with um, um, Hilary Duff is such an empowering and like great movie because even in the end of that, she's like, I'm done waiting for you. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to college. I found Mm -hmm. my father's will. I have what I need to survive. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be a part of that, goodbye. Peace out. You're lost, buddy. Yeah, I'm really glad that we are doing this movie because I'd never seen it before. Me neither. I do love a good period piece. Mm -hmm. And um, watching this actually kind of sent me down a bit of like a fantasy film spiral. um, Because after watching this, I watched the Shadow and Bone series on Netflix with my roommate, which I really loved. That's really good. I highly recommend. Also has Ben Barnes, who is so hot he was prince caspian if anyone remembers narnia how could i forget yeah so i watched that and then i watched my favorite fantasy film of all time which is stardust that movie is so good i don't know stardust also has ben barnes in it actually um he has like a little cameo at the beginning but it was based on a book and um claire danes is in it michelle pfeiffer is in it Okay. I can't remember the dude's name, but he's so cute. I had the biggest crush on him. So I rewatched that. Robert De Niro, he's in it too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Star studded. Uh, Ricky Gervais, um, Sienna Miller, Henry Cavill. Like, it's wild. So definitely watch Stardust. And then I watched, oh God, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm, yes. That is a classic that I haven't seen that I sh- like Ever? never, I've never seen it. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god! We should do like a Pirates of the Caribbean episode. Like, just combine all yeah. three, three, four, five, five. <laughs> I have not seen the last one. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's five, but there's only is there three or four with the original cast? Because Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom aren't in some of the later ones. Hang on, let me consult. Okay, yeah. So, Curse of the Black Pearl, mm-hmm. Dead Man's Chest, At World's End. That's like the original trilogy. And then there's the fourth one on Stranger Tides, which doesn't have Kira and Will, uh, Kira and Orlando in it. No Orlando? No. Was it good? No. Um, (laughs) It's because of like a thing that happens in the end of At World's End, which I won't spoil. Okay, okay. Those characters are no longer in the series. And then there was the fifth one, which I did not see, called Salazar's Revenge. Interesting. Also not with Orlando and Kira. No, no. Okay. And there's a sixth one. Whoa. Oh, no, this is a short film. This is a short film. Okay. There's a short <laughs> film, apparently. But yeah, so that's that's the pirate saga. Okay. But I do love like a, a swashbuckling like <laughs> fantasy period piece where the men have like long hair and like puffy shirts. So this is very much up my alley. I didn't know that you loved the like pirate-esque oh, yeah. situation. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like Will Turner. Oh my God. I love that man. I love like there's a very specific archetype of mm-hmm. fantasy man where he has like brown kind of wavy tousled hair okay. and is wearing a flowy shirt. So it's like Prince Char. Okay. Um, Tristan Thorne from Stardust. Will Turner from Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. That brand of man I do like Interesting. a lot. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any like – 
fantasy-esque or even just like period piece guy. Mm-hmm. And I really like don't have a lot coming to mind right now. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the romantic lead in this yeah. movie. Like Prince Henry did not seem, um, you know, endearing to me. I thought it was kind of a prick. He didn't really do it for me. I was reading that originally they offered the role to Jude Law. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. would have been so good. I just feel like the actor who played Prince Henry lacked charisma. Yes. And charm. Mm-hmm. He made me see more of the like negative attributes of his personality. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to see the positive ones. Yeah, definitely. I I had a hard time rooting for him. 100%. Even when it was, like, clear, like, he's like, I don't want to marry this woman. Like, she's not who I love. I'm like, but you're such a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But the people on Rotten Tomatoes loved this movie. This is probably one of, like, the higher-rated movies that we've ever done. It has a 91%. Pretty wild. I did not think that it would get this – not like no shade, no tea. Yeah. But we loved Uptown Girls. Like, yeah. Very much like had a huge, like, I cried several times. It was a mm. very beautiful story. Maybe it's just because we grew up like from 18 onward in New York, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I was like, 91? <laughs> what? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? For, yeah, for reference, Uptown Girls has like 12% yes. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I was very surprised, but I did I did really enjoy it. We, of mm-hmm. course, have Miss Drew Barrymore as our lead. What a cool gal. Definitely can't do a British accent, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We all have our strong suits, you know? Yeah. She's a great action actress. Yeah, definitely. Something you don't think about often or like I don't until I saw like Charlie Angels and Ever After. I was like, whoa, she does like mm-hmm. stunts. She was really good in this movie, and she was, like, pretty young when she did it, too. I mean, she was a child star, so it makes sense. But I really enjoyed her performance. Mm-hmm. She definitely held her own with, like, mm-hmm. Angelica Huston. Huston, or is it Houston? I'm pretty sure it's Houston. Okay. I could be wrong. Let us know. Um, yeah, but she, like, really held her own mm-hmm. with these, like, older actors. And, yeah, yeah I think she's a great star in the movie in general. Totally. She wears a lot of really beautiful dresses oh, throughout. Yeah. Costuming was gorgeous. Um, I've seen on YouTube and on TikTok as well a lot of like dress recreations for – it's called like the breathe dress, so the one that she wears to the mask. Okay. With the wings. Yeah, yeah. And seeing close-up shots of that dress, it is incredibly intricate. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in costuming like I am – I highly recommend going on YouTube and just kind of like watching videos about how people make this dress because it's very impressive. That's so cool. Yeah, I think – I mean, the thing that drew me in, I was like, the shoes look so cool. Yeah. I love the take that they do on the glass slipper with it being the glass heel. Definitely. It is so much better, I think. Yeah. I love this story. I mean, we're about to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but I just love what they did with the story. Definitely. Before we dive in, we want to make sure that you are following us on social media. You want to hit us up on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You want to find us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. If you want to find us on TikTok, it's at Movies That Raised Us pod. And if you want to send us a good old-fashioned email, it's Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. And if you are listening to this on release day, March 
No. <laughs> May. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> May 12th. Wednesday. Yes, May 12th. Yeah. Today is the last day to vote for the Star Dazzle Awards. And if you don't know, we are coming up on a year anniversary of the pod. Yes. We are celebrating by hosting the Star Dazzle Awards, where we're giving out awards to all the movies mm-hmm. we've done in the past year. We have, I believe, 19 different presenters in yeah. our award <laughs> show. Okay? So it's really going to be popping. Mm-hmm. We have Jim Fall. You know, we have Laguna Biatch, if you're familiar. Yes. And just a lot of other guests and podcasters that we're excited for. Yeah. Some listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely going to want to go vote before it closes. Make your voice heard. Vote. Vote. <laughs> Rock the Rock vote. Rock the vote. Damn, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. So, of course, the link is in our show notes and in our bio on all of our socials. So, check it out. Yeah, and with that being said, I guess now we can dive into it. Yes. In the beginning, we see a horse and a carriage ride up to some palace. We're like, ah, where am I? You know, the (laughs) era is a little ambiguous. But... The people in the carriage are the Brothers Grimm, and they're visiting Her Majesty. She is, like, posted up in bed. Um, she might be, like, ill, potentially. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I was disturbed by your version of the little cinder girl. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and they defend themselves by saying that some people um, would think the version with pumpkins and fairy godmothers would be closer to the truth. It's like the old-timey version of a notes app apology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the brothers, Wilhelm, asks about a painting in the corner. Mm-hmm. And she tells them that it's Danielle de Barbarec. And then she lifts a glass slipper from a box and she asks them to allow her to set the record straight about the little cinder girl. Mm. And the brothers are shocked to hear that the story is true. It's not just fable. Mm-hmm. So she settles in and says, once upon a time, there was a young girl who loved her father very much. Cut to a young Danielle Danielle is very excited. She's about to get a new mother and some new sisters. Today, her father has married a baroness, and the housemaids are just helping her into, like, a dress to meet these new people. When Danielle's friend Gustave throws some rocks at her window, because she's, like, a kid, and he's like, (laughs) I want to play with you, and he's like, you look like a girl. That's what I am, half-wit. And they just have this cute banter. Yeah. She just wants to have fun. She's a little kid. And she tells him, boy or girl, I can still whip you. Then she runs down to play with him. Meanwhile, her father arrives back home with many carriages in tow. Mm -hmm. And then his stepdaughters, Jacqueline and Marguerite, (laughs) emerge. Jacqueline. (laughs) With uh, their mother, the Baroness. Mm -hmm. What is her actual name? Um, Oh, my God. Well, it's it's something de Ghent, yes. but I don't. The Baroness Rod Rodil Rodia Rodilia um, Rodamil <laughs> Rodney um, Rodamilla. Yeah, Rodmilla Baroness Rodmilla de Ghent. They emerge one by one from the carriage. Mm-hmm. Danielle runs up, 
completely covered in mud. Oh, like Danielle. not just like a little dirt here and there, like head to toe mudslide situation because she was playing with Gustav. And her dad is like, oh, you silly girl. Anyways, here's my new wife and my stepdaughters. <laughs> and in the evening, dad presents Danielle with a new book to add to their library. It's Utopia. Yeah. And I'm like, LOL. Okay. <laughs> a different time time era, but it's fine. Yeah. And he tells her that he will always be her father first and foremost. Danielle says she likes her new family very much. And her dad is like, I'm so glad. BT dubs, no, no offense. I do have to leave for three weeks on business tomorrow. And they kind of go back and forth. And she's like, one week. And he's like, two weeks. And she's like, one week. And he agrees to do one week of business travel and be back. So in the morning, he's saying goodbye to the Baroness. And she's like, oh, you should just leave now. Because the sooner you leave, the sooner we can celebrate your return. <laughs> okay. Um, he then tells Danielle that he's counting on her to show her new family the ropes of their farm. Because the Baroness is not used to getting her hands dirty. He then mounts his horse and starts to ride away. And he's like this whole time and having this pain in his hand, something going on with his arm. Yep. They're about to go back inside to tend to their lessons. But Danielle's like, no, dad always waves from the gate. It's tradition. So she runs after him down the dirt road to wait for the final goodbye wave. But as he rides, he feels this like horrible pain in his arm and his chest and he falls off the horse. Ugh. And Danielle and Radmilla run over to him. They call out his name. They're like, August, August. And it's clear, unfortunately, that he is not going to recover. And his dying breath, his dying breath. Ugh. And this is, I think, what really solidifies Radamilla and um, Danielle's relationship mm. later on. Yeah. With his dying breath, he turns to Danielle and he tells her that he loves her and he touches her face. And Radmilla is visibly upset. Yeah. So after he like his head, you know, hits the ground, she's like, you can't leave me here. You can't leave me here. And she's like screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Very intense scene. This is, I think, the only version of Cinderella that I've seen where you see the dad die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With um, the Sam Montgomery version. Yeah. You like, I think you might see his hand or something. He's like, I, I gotta go help your mother. Yeah. Because there's an earthquake and then they like separate hands yes. and he runs off. And like, that's the last you see him. But pretty dark. It is so dark. Uh Yeah. So we hear the narrator say, It would be ten years before another man would enter her life. A man who was still a boy in many, many ways. Ma'am, you are correct, because mm -hmm. this is when we meet Prince Henry. So at the castle, the king is complaining about how he has signed this marriage treaty for his son with the king of Spain so that he can marry the princess of Spain. Yeah. But Henry refuses. So the queen tries to argue and be like, he wants to find love. And the king says it's not about love. It's his duty if he wants to be king. So they bust into his bedroom in the middle of the night. But Henry has fled 
by tying all of his bed sheets together to climb down from his tower, very much Mm Rapunzel-esque, and rides off on his horse. Yes. Cut to Danielle. She wakes up in the morning on a quote-unquote bed of straw to a rooster crowing. Yeah. She's like covered in soot, just holding Utopia in her hand. And she begins her chores, you know, feeding the animals, tending to the farm. She does some foraging for apples, and she sees the royal guards ride by, and she notices a man riding towards her on her father's horse. So, of course, you know, she's like, you're stealing my horse, what the fuck? She grabs an apple and pelts him, like, knocks him directly off the horse. Um, And she starts yelling at him, calling him a thief, and he says his own horse slipped his shoe oh like his horseshoe yeah and he had no choice but to borrow this one and she just continues to throw apples at him do horses live that long like her dad died 10 years ago gosh i don't know actually yeah i don't know how long horses live but like to still be in good condition to be ridden i feel like well she does say like we have many other young (laughs) like better horses yeah So the prince's hood falls and she finally sees like who it is. Mm -hmm. So she drops to her knees and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was you. And for this, I must die. And I was like, (laughs) zero to 100 real quick. (laughs) So he's like, "Uh, if you can just keep quiet about this, I won't kill you, I guess. If you could just shut your trap. (laughs) Then I won't have to execute you in this field. So... She offers him, like we said, one of the younger horses, Mm -hmm. but he says that he doesn't want that. What he wants is nothing more than to be free of his gilded cage. Drama queen. Oh, my God. I'm like, I don't feel bad for you. I'm sorry. No. But he gives her some gold coins. Like, a good amount of gold coins. Yeah, so he gives her the coins for her silence Mm -hmm. and rides off. Yes, he does. So, at breakfast... Stepsister number one, Marguerite, the blonde one, the insufferable one. (laughs) Um, She complains about her eggs. She's like, I asked for, what did she say? Two four-minute eggs, not four two-minute eggs. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And she's like, someone get me some bread. The Baroness reminds her to watch her tone. And Jacqueline recites the words of her mother, A lady of breeding ought never to raise her voice any louder than the gentle hum of a whispering wind. Christ. Okay, Jacqueline. (laughs) Okay. Weird. But the Baroness tells Jacqueline not to speak unless she can improve upon the silence. So there's definitely like a hierarchy of sisterhood happening. The Baroness is like not giving off good vibes at all. And it's only, like, 9 a.m., so Marguerite, she says that she wasn't shrill when she spoke. She was resonant, and the Baroness says that resonance wouldn't be appreciated at the royal court. Yes. So Marguerite is very upset because the prince has already been taken by some Spanish pig. Pretty (laughs) wild to say. The princess of Spain, um, before she had a chance with him. And the Baroness says, darling, nothing is final until you're dead. And even then, I'm sure God negotiates. She does have a lot of, like, really amazing lines. totally. (laughs) Yeah. So she then calls for Danielle to bring in the salt. Mm -hmm. And Danielle comes in with a sack full of apples. 
And this is, like, in the back room where they're preparing stuff. Yeah, in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And Louise asks her if the sun rose in the east, and Danielle empties her purse of gold coins, and all the other housekeepers see this. They're totally shook. Um, Mm -hmm. And she says she got them from an angel of mercy. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, a lot happening right now that the Baroness is not privy to. Yeah. And Danny says um, if the Baroness can sell your husband, Maurice, to pay the taxes, then these can let him go. Because we find out there was this whole thing where the Baroness sold, is it Louise's husband? Yeah, Louise's Mm -hmm. husband. To just, like, pay off some of her debts. Yeah. And so she's hoping that with these gold coins, she can buy him back. And she tells Danny that the king sold him to Cartier, and he's bound for the Americas. But Danielle says she will not let her home fall apart and she will get him back. So we can tell, like, by this point that Danielle is super stubborn. Mm -hmm. She, like, takes, like, a leadership role in the house even though she's been overthrown by the Baroness. Yeah, totally. One thing that I really um, admire that this story does with, like, the character of Cinderella is that her big, like, ambition is just to, like, run her farm. Yes, preserve her father's memory, have this business, and, like, keep her home without this fucking baroness coming in and selling all of her shit. She literally just wants to be a small business owner. Yeah. Like, that's all she's asking for. Yeah. So Danielle brings the salt and the bread to the table in the dining room, and Marguerite makes some shitty little comment about how Danielle is covered in ash and cinder from reading by the fireplace. And the Baroness says that some people read because they cannot think for themselves. Literally, Marguerite probably doesn't know how to read. No, probably not. Just going off of, like, history, yeah. Yeah. So she then continues to insult Danielle, saying, like, oh, you sleep with the pigs, like, blah, blah, blah. The Baroness then asks Danielle what she can do to make her try and improve her appearance. And Danielle's like, well, I do try, and I really want to please you, and I often spend time sitting by myself thinking about what else it is I could do to please you. And the Baroness oh my is God. just like, I know, she's being so sweet. She's like, I literally like just want you to yeah. like me. I'm racking my brain to fucking, make you love me. Yes. And the Baroness, her response to this is, oh, just relax. Like, <laughs> relax. Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, chill out. Yeah. And Danielle says that maybe if they brought back Maurice, you know, she wouldn't offend her as much. The Baroness says that it's Danielle's manner that offends. And all these years, you know, she's sheltered her. She's clothed her and fed her. And all she asks is that Danielle helps around the estate without complaint. <sighs> like, the audacity of this woman. Yeah. The, you're living in her dad's house. Mm-hmm. You're at her farm. Be like, you should be grateful I didn't kick you out on the street. Insane. What? So she's like, I'll have no more talk of servants coming back. And Danielle excuses herself. And the Baroness is like, ugh, nothing I ever do is enough. Okay, chick. Yeah, sure. So then we go back to Prince Henry. He is riding through the woods when he comes upon a group of thieves who are pillaging a caravan. Mm -hmm. As he is watching this happen, he hears, like, the royal guard is after him, so he wants to, like, escape to avoid them. But the old man from the carriage stops him, and he's like, please, you must help get my painting back. And Henry's like, absolutely not. (laughs) But the old man is like... 
it's my life. So he's like, okay, I guess. So he rides after the thief. They have this big like horse chase through the woods. Mm -hmm. And Henry ends up like jumping onto the thief's horse and riding with him until it like bucks and knocks them both off. And they end up falling off the side of this cliff into the water. But Henry does retrieve the tube, like the canister with the painting inside. Mm -hmm. Back with the Baroness, um, she's at the market with Marguerite and she's trying to buy some jewelry for her daughter. They're looking at a couple of different things. While upstairs, Gustave is talking to Danielle and they're concocting this plan to go to the palace where she will dress up as a noble woman in order to buy Maurice back. It's super illegal. Yeah. Danielle is like, I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. I'm going to commit fraud and be murdered. And eventually, though, she changes into a fancy dress and says that she's Maurice's only hope. And the royals would think she stole the coins if she tried to buy him back as herself, like as a servant. So she's complaining about how, like, the Baroness ignores their estate, blames them for her debt, and goes on, like, spending all this money that she doesn't have. Yeah. She then emerges from behind the partition in this beautiful dress. Gustav smiles and says that if she's going to be a noblewoman, then she must play the part and look down to no one. And she's like, well, I'm just a servant in a nice dress. And he's like, girl, let's go do your hair. (laughs) Girl, let's go do your hair. (laughs) So back with Henry, he returns with a painting and um, the men who have been chasing him, they finally reach him, of course. Henry says that he thought he'd see the world before giving up his life for God and country. The guy who's chasing him is like, why did you stop? And Henry says he supposes it was a lack of conviction. And it was a matter of life and death. So the man who stopped him previously unrolls the painting from the canister. (laughs) And what would it be besides the freaking Mona Lisa? (laughs) The Mona Lisa. Da Vinci, yes. Leonardo da Vinci says... A woman always is, sire. I cannot believe that Leonardo da Vinci is a character in this movie. I can't believe it either, and I really like it. Oh, same. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Utopia, Leonardo da Vinci. There was someone there who's like, I have to show I am smart. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. So they're looking at the Mona Lisa. Of course. And Henry is like, this woman is laughing at me. <laughs> And he's like, she had many secrets. I just painted one of them or something like that. And Henry is like really stoked because he now realizes that it is Leonardo da Vinci. And he's like, oh my God, you're a man of forward thinking. Like maybe you can talk some sense Mm -hmm. into my backward ass dad. He's literally so upset. (laughs) This man has like so much pent up anger towards his father. Yeah. The daddy issues are just off the charts. For real. For real though. Back at Rudmilla's Manor, like Henry and the Royal Guard go back there um, where they're greeted by the Baroness herself. And Henry tells her that he's returning their horse. And he apologizes for scaring servant girl earlier this morning. The Baroness is like, oh, she's mute. And Henry's like, uh, she spoke pretty forcefully. I don't know. 
And she also beat the shit out of me with apples. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and he's like, or actually the Baroness says, um, you know, it comes and goes. Um, but he's welcome to anything he wishes. So then, of course, Marguerite and Jacqueline come tumbling out of the front door. And they curtsy as the Baroness, like, presents them. And Henry is like, oh, you seem to have blossomed overnight. Ugh, gross. <laughs> and the Baroness mentions his engagement. And he's like, oh, yes, well, there have been several new developments in regards to Spain. Marguerite, that's such uh, a nice brooch you have, like, right below her busting cleavage. Absolutely floundering. Yeah. So then he bids them a good day and rides off. Yes. At the castle, the procession finally arrives, and Danny also makes it to the castle. There's this whole, like, area in front of the actual palace where people kind of, like, commune and talk, and there's, like, different shit going on. So she walks forward into the thick of it, although she's really hesitant, and she's, like, nervous about what's going to happen next, but she catches a glimpse of Maurice down below being shoved into a cage about to be carted away. Mm. So she runs down to where he is and asks to address the issue of the man immediately. And she offers 20 gold francs, but the guy who's in charge of this whole operation, um, he's like, no. And she threatens to take this issue to the king, but he says the king is the one who sold him. Out of nowhere, Henry rides up to them, and he's like, would you dare raise your voice at a lady? Mm. And now the guy is like, uh, rut row. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I'm just following orders to take these criminals to the coast. So Danielle tells Henry that a servant is not a thief and those who are cannot help themselves. And then she quotes Utopia mm-hmm. and says, if you suffer your people to be ill-educated and their manners corrupted from infancy and then punish them to those crimes which their first education disposed them, what else is to be concluded, sire, than that you first make thieves and then punish them? And Henry is like, damn shouty she got a brain on her and he's like driver release this man so he lets maurice out of the cage and maurice tells danielle that upon seeing her he at first thought he was seeing her mother oh and she tells him to meet her at the bridge and prepare the horses so they may leave at once Mm -hmm. danielle thanks henry and meanwhile Da Vinci looks down at her shoes and notices they're, like, not matching with the rest of her, their servant's shoes. Mm. Um, But does he say anything? No. Because he's an ally. Exactly. Danielle starts to walk away, and Prince Henry follows her and asks if they've met before. She's like, no, 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 you know, I'm visiting um, a cousin. And Henry's like, oh, who? And she's like, a "Uh." cousin? (laughs) Skirt, skirt. Yeah, and Henry's like, are you refusing to tell me her name? And she says, yes. And they have this like tete-a-tete. But Henry says this quote from Utopia and Danny recognizes Mm -hmm. it. And he's like, I confess that the plight of the everyday rustic bores me. So she's like, well, I'm guessing that you don't really converse with that many peasants. And he's like, yeah, no shit. And she's like, well, there's nothing like natural about that. You should be speaking to everybody. And a country is defined by everyday rustics, like everyday people, mm-hmm. and that their position demands respect. 
And he's like, do you find me arrogant? <laughs> and she's like, yes. Um, you only let Maurice go, but what about the others? And he is so intrigued by this woman. He begs for her name once again. Mm-hmm. And she says, I will leave you with the name Comtesse Nicole de Loncre. Oh my gosh. And then walks away. And then Henry's mother, the queen, comes up and she's like, your father wants a word with you. I just want to see, say that that scene where they meet at the castle, it's like, mm-hmm. honestly, really complex. The way that they're talking with like yeah. the references and fucking philosophical conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I think that that moment of them talking is like very well mm-hmm. put together. I agree. Yeah. I think that they are very well matched mm-hmm. intellectually. Yeah. And one thing I really like about this movie is that you do get to see like the progression of their relationship, which you don't get to as many in other iterations of Cinderella, where it's like mm-hmm. they meet, they have the one night. So you get to see like kind of why they fall in love with each other, even though I don't really like Henry. Yeah. I do think that the development of their relationship is uh, very well done. Totally. So back at the manor. Danielle and Maurice arrive home, and Louise runs into her husband's arms. You know, she's in tears. Yeah. And Paulette's celebrating. There's, like, a huge group hug. It's very cute. That would have been so tragic. If he had been shipped off, they would have literally never seen each other I ever know. again. Oh, Awful. Just so fucking Baroness could evade her taxes. What a shady little gal. Yeah. So... We then go back to the king and Henry. As soon as Henry walks in, the king starts laying into him immediately and is like, you are not to leave castle grounds. And they start arguing. Then the queen intervenes and says that the privilege that Henry was born into comes with obligations. And the king tells Henry that if he doesn't marry the Spanish princess within the month, then he has no choice but to live forever and deny him from ever being king. Which... (sighs) Simply not how it works, but okay. And Henry's like, that's perfect. I don't want to be king. That's perfect. Thank you, actually. Kind of a little brat, but like I do understand where he's coming from. Right. Yeah. So back at the other manor, um, Marguerite starts taunting Danielle, saying that she's in trouble when she enters the room. And the Baroness pushes her into a chair and starts just digging in, yelling at her. She's like, how could you do that to us? I will not have deceitfulness in my house. Danielle's like, I don't even know what I did. And Jacqueline kind of mimes like Prince Henry's horse, like trotting on a horse. And Danielle tells the Baroness that Prince Henry stole their horse this morning. The Baroness is like, how dare you let him surprise us like that? Luckily for you, Marguerite turned in a beautiful performance And asked Danielle exactly everything he said to her. Yes. So Danielle reveals that she did call him a thief before she recognized him. And the Baroness laughs at her and she's like, oh, you silly little girl. You wouldn't know a prince if it hit you on the head. So vile. Yeah. And she's like, well, now you must work extra hard to make sure that the manor is spotless in case he drops by again. Then Paulette and Louise enter with Maurice, where he explains that he worked off his quote-unquote debts. It makes me so angry. And was released. Yeah. And she tells him to like, she's like, that's fine. Just go catch a chicken or something. Vile woman. Really awful. 
Angelica Houston, though, does a good job with those women. Oh. The witches. Yeah. Great, great time. Adam's family. Mm-hmm. Perfection. Beautiful. So back at the royal palace, the queen and Henry walk through the garden, and he asks about Comtesse Nicole. But the queen is like, there are too many courtiers to remember. I simply <laughs> do not recall her. And the king says that he's decided to throw a ball for Mr. Da Vinci. And he proposes this, like, honestly, it's so silly to, to like, yeah. say it now, but... The king proposes that at this ball, Prince Henry will find his wife if love is what he seeks. Prince Henry will have five days' time to announce his bride at the ball, or the king will announce the bride for him. And Henry's like, what about the treaty with Spain? And the king is like, you know what? Let me worry about that. You know, just do what I'm telling you. Here's the proposition. And the queen tells him to choose wisely. Divorce is only something they do in England and like looks she over. She hates her husband. Yeah. There's some marital problems happening. Yeah. There's a scene later on where it shows them in bed and it's this gigantic bed and they're on, they could not be further apart from each other. They do have their moments though later on. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So then back at the manor, the Baroness receives the mask invitation for all the ladies of the house and she asks, Uh, the page who delivers the invitation Mm -hmm. about the prince's engagement. And he's like, well, I don't like to gossip, but – He loves to gossip. It's clear. That's just canceled. (laughs) (laughs) And that the prince is trying to find a new bride by the mask. So she then bribes him to, like, let her know who their competition is, like the prince's whereabouts, his agenda, and any other gossip that he finds. And he tells her that the prince will be playing tennis with the Marquis de Limoges. Limoges? Le Fromage. I, I don't know. Chevre. Oui, oui. Parmesan. Je parle français. C'est okay. <laughs> um, they'll be playing tennis tomorrow at noon. And the Baroness, like, strokes his cheek and starts flirting with him. Oh, my God. And she's like, you know... When my daughter is queen, maybe we will come to a new arrangement. I can't tell if she's actually into this guy or not. I can't either. Yes, it's very confusing. Yeah. So, cut to the bees. (laughs) Um, It's a shorter scene, but um, Danielle and Paulette, they harvest some honeycomb, and they talk about how Danielle gave Henry her mother's name at the palace. So, you know, Paulette, like, is privy to the ruse that she put on. Mm -hmm. And Paulette says that Henry is probably nice once you get to know him. So it's, like, kind of, like, a moment of what's going – like, just refreshing what's going on. And then Danielle and Mm -hmm. Paulette have this cute, like, back and forth where she says, honestly, I think he and Marguerite deserve each other. And Paulette is like, oh, bite your tongue. The only throne I want her sitting on is the one I have to clean every day. Get fucked, Marguerite. Yeah. So then the Baroness is trying to find dresses for her daughters to wear to the mask. Marguerite is being a huge brat, as per usual. Mm -hmm. Then the Baroness gets an idea, and they all rush into Danielle's room, where inside of a trunk they find this gorgeous, stunning white dress and the glass-heeled slippers. Mm -hmm. They're Danielle's dowry for her wedding. And they're like, ha, 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 as if that bitch is going to get married. So rude. Yeah. But 
Jacqueline is like, well, if it's Danielle's dress, maybe she'll want to wear it to the ball. Thank you. But they're like, please. And Jacqueline is like, but the invitation did say to all the ladies of the house. But Marguerite says that Danielle is not of noble blood, so nobody would even notice if she was there anyways. Of course, Danielle comes in and she's like, what the F are you guys doing? And the Baroness says they're airing out her dress for the mask. And Marg says, Marg, (laughs) Margie (laughs) says that it'll have to do for a commoner, like as if she wasn't fawning over the dress two seconds ago. Yeah. Danielle is shocked that they want her to go with them. And the Baroness is like, oh my gosh, it hurts that you don't feel like you're one of my daughters. Okay. Uh, Okay, yeah. And she tells Danielle, you can come with the family if you get your chores done and mind your manners until then. Jacqueline tosses the shoes on the bed and leaves because she's sick of her family's lies. And Marguerite says that she just like makes up an excuse for her storming off. She's like, oh, Jacqueline doesn't want you to go to the mask. Poor Jacqueline. Like, she yeah i i feel bad for her because she's clearly in like a an abusive household situation obviously not as bad as danielle has it mm-hmm. for sure but like she is under duress <laughs> Absolutely. in this household yeah so then we go back to prince henry he is talking to da vinci about love and you know he's talking about soulmates he's really philosophizing like do you really think that there's somebody out there for everyone that we're destined to be with? Mm. And he's like, suppose you were lucky enough to find each other, but then one of them hits, gets hit by lightning. What do you do? What happens or you can next? Meet someone. <laughs> yeah. Or you can meet someone and by chance love them, but are they the one? <sighs> and he asks if things are meant to be, and Da Vinci tells him not to leave everything to fate. Absolutely. And he says this quote that I actually really like. He says, She's got a lot to do sometimes. You must give her a hand. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I don't think everything is written in the stars. I agree. And then Da Vinci shows him his newest invention, which are these two like miniature boats it's that he's so attached to his feet so he can like float as he walks on water. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Danielle is looking for truffles with her boar <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> They're just, like, lying on the ground. I'm like, truffles are, like, berry. Like, you have to dig for them. Really? But she just picks them up off the ground. Yeah, they're, like, in the soil. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's, like, just scooping them up. (laughs) Maybe she's just picking normal mushrooms, but the pig is guiding her. I really don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It it seems like a really wild thing to insert, (laughs) but go off. Because the point of the pig is that they, like, sniff them out Mm -hmm. from underground, but. Yeah, I'm like, you have a (laughs) truffle-trained pig? Yeah. It's quite the farm. Literally. So she's like, you know what? I, I'm i just going to fucking chill for a minute. And she decides <laughs> to take a float in the river. And Da Vinci, in his new wooden shoe contraption, walks over. And he leans over and says, it looks like rain. And she is, like, <laughs> fucking shook. She screams. Da Vinci falls out of his shoes into the water. Henry hears the commotion and runs down to the river. He is simply delighted to see danielle again and she trips and falls in the water she's like oh be careful there's a slippery spot there (laughs) and um he wraps her with his cloak yeah so then they sit by the lake they're talking and she asks him if he ever gets tired of having people wait on him all the time and he's like no that's their job and she's like 
I wish that I could dismiss my servants as easily as you do and starts to leave. And he's like, why are you so upset? I don't get it. Oh my God. <laughs> he, he, like, he's giving me major um, any guy I spoke to in high school vibes right now. When I'd be like, I'm a yeah. feminist or something, which of course, like I had a loud mouth. I did. I did. I'll admit it. Is yeah. anyone surprised? No. But guys love to do that thing where they're like, I don't get why you're so angry. Are you fucking joking? Open Are you fucking kidding? your eyes. Open your ears. Open your eyes and take a look around. Oh, man. So so she's walking away from this jackass and she's like, you're just trying to bait me with your snobbery. And he's like, I find you fascinating. Just not listening to a word that she says. And he is obsessed with her because she's spouting the ideals of utopian society, but she lives the life of a courtier. Little does he know. Yes. She says that he is a contradiction himself because he has everything available to him, but in his eyes, the world has no joy. And he makes fun of others for seeing the joy in the world. And I'm like, you've met your match, Mm -hmm. sir. They start to have some banter back and forth. Until Jacqueline calls out for Danielle, so she returns his cloak and starts to run off, and he's like, won't you join me for tennis tomorrow? And she does not respond. She just runs away. Yeah. So back at Radmilla Degens Manor. So she asks where the candlesticks are, and Paulette is like, I don't know. Like, I've searched all over. And Marguerite says that the painting in the upstairs hall is gone too. Radmilla is pissed off. She says there's a thief in their midst and says that she'll be garnishing all of their wages until the items are returned. Yeah. And she says maybe she should ship them off to the Americas too. And Jack says that the king actually let all of those thieves go. Jacqueline. Yeah. Jack, you know, Rodney, Jack, Jack. Margie. The usual suspects. This lets you know what the shorthand looks like in our notes. (laughs) So Jacqueline says that the king actually let all those thieves go and they didn't get shipped off to America. And Marguerite asks about who this comtesse everyone is talking about is. Then the next day, the prince is playing tennis with the marquee. Everyone is watching and he ends up, like, falling into the crowd at one point because yeah. he, like, misses a, I don't know, tennis term. He's not great at tennis. No, he's not. And he's looking for the ball and who is holding it but Marguerite. Mm. The slinky little smile on her face. And she hands it to him. And he's like, you're looking well, Marguerite. And she says, you're welcome to look, your highness. Spicy. Bold. You could Bold. never, in Bridgerton, you could never. You would die for that. <laughs> you could never. Yeah. And, like, that's one thing that I really don't like about Henry is that he is, like, genuinely flirting with Marguerite. Oh, of course. Like, every time he sees her. And he is, like, kind of into her. So I'm like, this man is fickle. Yeah, I don't trust his tastes. Yeah. Back in town, Danielle and the other house servants are running their stand at the market when a creepy old man, Monsieur Le Pew, (laughs) comes up with his cronies and he starts hitting on Danielle. Yeah. I'm like, the age difference is huge. Yeah. Yeah, because she's probably 18. Yeah. 19. This man is like... In his 40s. So she tells him to stop wasting his flattery and he says... 
Her soil is the best in the province yet. So poorly tendered. Ew. And I don't know, like, if that's supposed to be a metaphor. I don't like it. I think it's supposed to be a gross innuendo. Yeah. I don't like it. Paulette says they do the best they can, and maybe he should bring it up with the Baroness then. Like, literally talking about the farm. Yeah. But he just looks straight at Danielle. He only wants to talk to her. And he says that even though he's twice her age, he is well endowed. (laughs) And judging by the size of his estate... She needs a wealthy benefactor while he needs a young lady with spirit. So he clearly has plans for Danielle. He wants to, like, court her, I guess. Ew. So when she doesn't agree, he's like, well, then I'll buy nothing from your farm this week. Classic incel behavior. Of course. And he reminds her that without his business, their farm wouldn't survive. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Henry just having a grand old time. It's completely opposite. Feeding Marguerite chocolate, like flirting up a storm. He's like, oh yeah, it was sent over from Spain. And she's like, oh, it's positively sinful. They then approach their farm stand and Henry's about to see Danielle. So in order to avoid this, she throws a chicken in his face. Li- yes, this is not a joke. <laughs> a live animal. A live boop. <laughs> right into his face (laughs) yeah and she runs away and then once he comes to after being hit in the face with the chicken talon he's like was there another girl here and paulette and louise are like no it's just us just the two young ladies yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that evening the baroness radamilla de gant talks to marguerite about how they must press for a quick wedding. And she asks Danielle to picture it, uh, the trips, the lavish lifestyle, then says, no, you can't picture it, can you? Just an asshole thing to do. Yeah, let me just set you up right here, right Mm -hmm. now. Like, come on, lady. The Baroness decides to reminisce about her mother and how she taught her cleanliness is next to godliness. And she made her wash her face 20 times a day. And I'm like, your mom was not a good influence. You got no moisture left. You're stripping your skin of yeah. all its good oils and moisture. Mm-hmm. Danielle brushes Rodmilla's hair. And she's just like continuing to do her chores when Rodmilla pulls her over and has her come down to eye level. She says that it's a shame she never met her mother and says that there must be a little bit of her inside Danielle. Yeah, and Danielle says that she wishes she knew what she looked like. I'm like, oh, you don't even know what your mother looks like. That's horrible. That's so sad. And the Baroness says that they must never feel sorry for themselves because things can always get worse. <laughs> I'm like, Good you're about <laughs> to you're, – you're the thing that's making it worse though. Yeah, So she tells Danielle that she has so much of her father in her, Mm -hmm. and sometimes she can see him looking at her, like, through Danielle's eyes. And Danielle is, like, really taken aback and astounded by this comment and, like, smiling at the fact that she is like her dad. And then the Baroness is like, yeah, your features are so masculine. You were really built for hard labor. What? So Danielle asks if she ever really loved her father. And the Baroness actually gets like kind of emotional. She's tearing up at this point. She looks like she's going to cry. Yeah. And she says, I hardly knew him. I don't buy that. 
And then she dismisses Danielle and tells her to leave because she's tired. There's so much to unpack in this scene. It's like very layered. I genuinely think that the Baroness loved her father Mm. and potentially if they had stayed together could have been a very different person. And I think that she's incredibly resentful that her father's Mm. like dying breath went to Danielle instead of her. Um, And she feels lonely. Yeah. She's very, very bitter. She takes out a lot of her very bitter resentment on Danielle. Mm-hmm. This it kind of reminds me of in like the Brandy Cinderella that we did, the song Falling in Love with Love kind of oh, gives yeah. the evil stepmother that extra layer. Mm-hmm. And I really like that they had it in here as well. I wish we could have gotten like a little bit more. Yeah, I wanted like a little something. I mean, there's a scene later on that we'll talk about mm-hmm. where there's another intimate moment between Rodmilla and Danielle where I wanted, like, a little more to solidify, like... Yeah. Or even just a scene with Rodmilla alone. Yeah. Looking at, like, a painting of him or a memento or something, maybe. Because I think there's a lot that she doesn't say yes. about him. Definitely. Definitely. The next day, Danielle is flying a kite in the field while Gustave is painting a landscape. The kite is from Da Vinci. It's one of his newest yeah. creations. And they discuss Marguerite's marrying the prince. And Gustave says she likes him, like Danielle likes Henry. Yeah. And then, uh, speak of the devil, the prince is riding towards them, and Danielle doesn't see, but Gustave notices. So he asks Danielle what she would say to him if she saw him. And Danielle's like, I tell him my family is my fam- is his family. Take them away. Good riddance. <laughs> Yeah. And Gustave is like, good, he's coming this way, now's your chance. And Danielle <laughs> runs and hides behind this hay bale, and the kite is still in the air. Yeah, and Henry asks Gustave if he's seen Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, haven't seen him. And Henry's like, well, that's his kite right over there. So Danielle lets it go, so it flies off. <laughs> and Gustave is like, oh, yeah, um... He gave that to the Comtesse Nicole. She's a really good friend of his. And Henry is like, oh my god, you know her. Where is she staying? Yikes. And Gustave is like, uh, she's staying with her cousin, the Baroness de Ghent, at that house right over there. And the prince is like, oh, that creates a bit of a problem because I am flirting with her daughter. (laughs) Um, Unbelievable. (laughs) But Gustav is like, she's there alone right now. And Henry's like, perfect. Compliments Gustav's painting and then rides towards the house. Mm -hmm. And Danielle is like, what the fuck did you do that for? And he's like, you better run home right now. (laughs) (laughs) You better run, bitch. She books it through the woods. Does he actually say that creates a bit of a problem? Or is it no, implied? No, that's like subtext. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But he does say like, oh, like that's a bit of a problem. He doesn't yeah. say why, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So somehow, and this like, <laughs> while this is happening in my head, this song like, you better work, bitch, is like playing as she's like running and changing. Yeah. So somehow on foot... Danielle manages to make it home before Henry gets there and and has time to change into her nice dress. She answers the door for Henry and he asks if she'd like to join him on a trip to the library. 
A mm. library. Ah. Yes, on the monastery. Oh, my God. What an amazing date idea. So Henry tells his men he doesn't need their services, and he dismisses them. Yeah. He says that today, he is simply Henry. Yes. So then at the church, which is where the family is right now, um, the Baroness, Marguerite, and Jacqueline arrive where the bribed royal page tells the Baroness that Henry left this morning and is MIA. He then gives her a package and like whispers in her ear and she strokes his cheek once again. Oh, Lord. So Danielle and Henry go to this incredible library and Henry tells her to pick a book, like any book she wants. And she says um, she can't. She's like overwhelmed by the possibilities. And she tells him about how her father always used to read to her. And the last book that he brought her was Utopia. Henry is overcome with emotion suddenly Mm -hmm. um, upon hearing this. And he, like, walks down the stairs, kind of walks away. And Danny's like, is it okay? You know, did I do something wrong? And he says that. And I really like this line. Yeah. He's like, in all my studies, I've never seen a tutor with the passion you've displayed to me in the last two days. He says that she has more conviction in one memory than he has his entire being and begins again to walk away. Yeah. And Danny apologizes to him, but he says it's not her. He's feeling very emotional. I know. She's bringing something out of him. Meanwhile, after the church service, the Baroness hands Marguerite this package that the page gave her. Mm -hmm. And she runs up to the queen's carriage. It turns out that the page had stolen a piece of jewelry from the queen. Yes. Gave it to Marguerite, who pretends that she found it dropped on the ground and returns it to her. And the queen is like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize that I was wearing this today. Because you weren't. You weren't. You weren't wearing it. Homie, you were not. Yeah. You would notice. And she's so impressed that Marguerite has the honor to return such a valuable piece of jewelry. And she then invites her and her mother to tea tomorrow. Shady. Shady. Sneaky. Never trust a woman who tells you she found something you lost, but you don't remember (laughs) taking it out of the house. Okay? Yeah. So on the road, Henry and um, Danielle are in the carriage, but a wheel breaks off. So Danny suggests they continue back home on foot. And he questions her at first, like, what? Walking? Yeah. But eventually gives in. Yeah. He's like peasant shit right now. Yeah. She's like, where's your sense of adventure? And he's like, I am in love with this woman. (laughs) Back at the farm, the step family gets home and they discuss the game plan to get Marguerite married to the prince. And the baroness asks where Danielle is. And Paulette asks the Baroness if she moved the gilded mirror in her room. She kind of, like, doesn't really answer her, changes the subject. Yeah. And the Baroness is like, no, I didn't. Hmm. That will have to come out of your wages, too. And just walks inside. (sighs) And Louise and Paulette are outside. And Louise is like, you need to stop telling her when things go missing. And Paulette is like, yeah, I didn't even mention, like, the five other fucking things that have gone missing. Yeah. So then in the woods, Henry and Danielle are lost. Mm -hmm. And because he refuses to ask for directions, apparently, like every other man, 
she has decided to take off her dress. She's just in like her undergarments, climbs up on this tree so she can see the castle from like an aerial view. Yeah. She manages to spot it and tells Henry to turn around so she can climb back down because she is scantily clad. Mm -hmm. But when he turns around, he's surrounded by thieves, uh, immediately gets punched in the face. Of course. And of course. A sword fight begins. Danielle climbs down this tree and gets held hostage. And one of the dudes grabs her dress and he's like, my wife thanks you for this. And she's like, give me my dress back. And Henry tells them to release her because their quarrel is with him, not her. Because these are the same thieves from earlier Mm -hmm. in the movie. So she's released by the main – they call them gypsies in the movie. But released by like the main group leader. And Danny demands her things back and a horse since they've taken her escort. And the leader of the pack says she can have anything she can carry on. (laughs) And she's like, anything I can carry. And he's like, on my honor, as a gypsy, you can have whatever you can carry. So she walks over to Henry, (laughs) bends her knees and fucking hoists that man over her shoulder. Fireman style, just... (laughs) Bang, bang. And all the men are laughing, freaking having the biggest cackle of their lives. Yeah. They're like, all right, come back, come back. We'll give you a horse. (laughs) So later that night, they're at this, like, camp party site Mm -hmm. with all these men. They're flirting and they're laughing. They're playing scissor, paper, stone. Yeah, having a very raucous time. Yeah. It reminded me of in Ella Enchanted. Yes. The wedding scene where Mm -hmm. they're like sitting by the fire. Yeah. So he tells her that he has no desire to be king and he doesn't want to be defined by his position. Mm -hmm. And she gives the example about how all these men, referred to them as the gypsies, are treated due to their title, but that's not yeah. who they are. And that his born privilege comes with obligations. She's kind of like talking and talking and she's like, I'm so sorry. My mouth has run away with me again. And you know what he says? He says, no, milady, it is your mouth that has me hypnotized. Oh my Whoa. God. So forward. So he then leans in. And he kisses her, and she does keep her eyes open for the first kiss, I did notice. Oh, I didn't notice that. But then she closes it, uh, closes them as they make out. And all the men cheer, and they're like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Henry takes Danielle home on the horse, and he tells her that she saved his life and insists she call him Henry. They kiss again, and she starts to head back inside. And as she's walking away, Henry invites her to see the ruins with him tomorrow. She's like, I'll try. And he's like, okay, I'll wait there all day for you then. Ladies, the man will never wait at the ruins all day for you. For real. Um, I fucking can't. I would. (laughs) I can't even put into words. I'm like a man waiting at a location all day, just waiting for me to arrive at my leisure. At my leisure. (laughs) So Henry arrives home that evening at the palace and wakes up his parents, like opens their little bed curtain. And he's like, I want to open a university where anyone can go despite their status and and for free. 
and I want to invite all the gypsies to the ball. And now he's like, I'm a leftist. I've seen the light. Yes. So then in the morning, the Baroness so lovingly wakes up Danielle by hitting her with a broom Mm -hmm. and asks where she was all night. And Danielle is like, um, I got lost. And the Baroness obviously does not believe her. Uh. And Marguerite is like, and where is my breakfast? It should have been ready already. And Danielle is like, well, you have two hands. You can make it yourself. Bold. Yeah. So Marguerite starts throwing a fit. Jacqueline smiles. But then they just order Jacqueline to go start making the food. Yeah. So clearly if, like, Danielle is not there to fill that role – Jacqueline is next in line. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I knew it. I knew it. So it's very obvious the power status. Danielle gets to her room to see that the Baroness is giving her dress from her diary to Marguerite for the ball. And the Baroness says, you know, due to her behavior this morning, like she will not be going. And Danielle says that these games aren't going to get her a crown. And it's disgusting. These items like belong to her mother and marguerite ah she's like yes and she's dead punch in the face punch yeah direct punch to your fucking eye yeah danielle starts chasing marguerite around the house so she can beat the shit out of her and marguerite grabs her copy of utopia and threatens to throw it in the fire or have danny give her the shoes from her mother So she either loses her mom's shoes or the Utopia copy. Yeah. And after a lot of, like, thinking, you could tell she's, like, so upset. Reckoning with, yeah. Yeah, losing the final artifacts of her parents. She hands the shoes over, and Marguerite tosses the book into the fire anyway. (sighs) Fucking horrible. Dastardly. Horrible. Devil child. Devil spawn. Yeah. So then... Danielle proceeds to get like whipped following this because the next scene mm-hmm. is Jacqueline tending to her lashing wounds like, on her back. Horrible wounds. Yeah. And Jacqueline is like, You brought this on yourself. Which I'm like, girl, what you were doing so well. Why did you say that? But she does say that she'll never forget the way that Marguerite's legs went over her head like that, and they have a little laugh. <laughs> And she says that Marguerite should not have said that about her mother. And Danielle thanks her. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of in One Tree Hill. Do you remember before they go to prom how Peyton is like, I told you that I liked Lucas like because I mm-hmm. wanted to be honest with you. And you told yeah. me it was like a good thing that my mother died. Yeah. And you sat with me after she passed away. I was like. <sighs> yeah. What? Like, what an emotional moment. Definitely. Because to say that it's, like, good or just to be like, yeah, and she's dead about someone's parent, it just sounds like... Horrible. Such an awful thing to say. It's, like, the most venomous thing. Yeah, definitely. You could use against someone. Like, oh, horrible. So, over tea, Marguerite and the Baroness chat with the Queen, and she explains that the black eye was from saving a baby from a horse. Lies a Manelli. Yeah. And the queen apologizes for her son's absence. She says that he was gone all day yesterday, too, and didn't get back till dawn. And the Baroness is like, huh? Mm. Then 
the queen asks if they know the Comtesse de Lancre, and the Baroness recognizes the name immediately and says that she's staying with them, and Marguerite confirms it. And she's, like, kind of confused, though, and the Baroness is like, you know, whom you like to call Cinderella. And Marguerite oh my God. gets up from this table where the queen is having tea yeah. with them and, like, throws a temper tantrum, stomping on yeah, the ground, like screaming. screaming. Finally, she returns to the table and she's like, oh, there was a bee. The queen is like, what are you okay? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. So then we go over to the ruins. Mm-hmm. Danielle is wearing this gorgeous dress. She's gone to meet Henry. He's been waiting all day. He's super excited to see her. And she's like, I can't stay long, but I had to meet you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me show you where I used to play as a boy. He's like talking over her this whole time. Not listening. And it's like this beautiful courtyard with all these trees like growing in it. Like vines are entangled everywhere because it's like abandoned ruins. He talks about how he loves the trees and how they grow and how he's measured his life next to them. And Danielle starts to cry. And Henry tells her that last night he had a realization and he thought of a project inspired by her. And she's like, but it wasn't me. And she's trying to like reveal her secret to him, like her Mm -hmm. real identity, but he's not listening and he's like he's literally not listening tomorrow at the mask we will make our relationship known to the world and she's like Ugh. and he asked finally like oh yeah what was it you wanted to tell me and she's like fully crying at this point and says that last night was the happiest night of her life and then they kiss and he tries to like hold her <sighs> but she has these painful lashing wounds on her back And it's so painful that she ends up screaming and, like, breaking away from him. And she says she must go and runs out. Mm -hmm. Yes. At home, Danielle returns carrying the nice dress where she is confronted by the Baroness and Marguerite about her lies. Mm -hmm. So Danielle asks what bothers her more, that she's common or that she's competition. Snap. Da-da. And the Baroness demands to know where her mother's dress and slippers are. But Danielle fires back and asks where the candlesticks, the tapestries, the silvers are. Perhaps the dress is with them. And then she has this amazing moment Mm -hmm. where she screams, I'd rather die a thousand deaths than see my mother's dress on that spoiled, selfish cow. Go off. Yeah. And the Baroness is like, well, that can be arranged. And then drags her and locks her in the pantry. She then tells her daughters to grab everything around the house that they can sell. And Jacqueline is like, it's only a ball. And the Baroness is like, yes, and you're only going for the food. Wretched. Jesus Christ. So the next thing we see is the Queen and Henry talking. And the Queen tells Henry that Danielle is engaged to a Belgian, you know, something or other. Yeah. And she left by boat today. She says that the Baroness Radmilla was quite apprehensive to talk about it, and Henry can't believe it. He realizes that she was trying to tell him about the engagement when they were alone, but he wouldn't listen. This is the problem. Men don't listen. They just fucking talk, 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 talk. (sighs) 
ironic because I feel like the thing is that women talk a lot, but it's really yeah, literally men speaking, saying nothing. Exactly. So then at the market, Maurice grabs Gustav and tells him that he must go to the prince at once and like tell him what's happened to Danielle, that she is basically being imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And Gustav is like, I don't know how I'm even going to get to him. And Maurice says that she needs his help and that he should go to Da Vinci, painter to painter, <laughs> get to the prince. And Gustav is like, I couldn't possibly. And Maurice is like, for once in your freaking life be bold. And also like Danielle would have done it for him. Absolutely. So Gustav is trying to sneak into the castle when he sees the footman whom Radmilla has been flirt- flirting with this whole time yeah. trying to pee against the wall. <laughs> so Such gross. a weird like why? I don't understand. Yeah. So he drops a vase on his head and I think it's to steal his costume, which Yeah. Also, I'm like big plot hole because this man is like very short and Gustav yeah. is like tall. I'm like, okay, but sure. Also, that would have killed him. The vase for sure. Yeah. It was like yeah. a high height and that vase was very heavy. Yeah. So then at the ball, Marguerite is dressed as a peacock. Jacqueline is a horse, which she's not happy about. And the Baroness is the devil? I can't tell what she is. She's some sort of – she has horns, and I can't really think of what animal it is that she would be, if not the devil. A goat. Maybe, but it's not – but the horns go out to the side, whereas, like, a goat's go to the back or straight up. Hmm. Yeah, I can I don't see really her know. being a devilish creature, though. That would fit. Yeah. If you have any insights, let us know. But everyone is dancing. They're having a grand old time. Gustav has stolen the page's uniform. He ends up finding Da Vinci and does pass out immediately <laughs> upon seeing him because he is a fangirl. Yeah. Back inside the manor, like with Danielle, mm-hmm. Louise tries to unlock Danielle from the dungeon, but there's like a huge, massive lock on the door. She can't pick mm-hmm. it. So Da Vinci comes over and manages to get it open. And I think like Maurice is like, oh my God, like you unlocked it. That's insane. Like, great job. Yeah. And he's like, he like took it off its hinges. Yeah. <laughs> took the door off the hinges. Yeah. And he's like, I shall manage to go down in history as the man who opened a door. Meanwhile, <laughs> like he's a fucking inventor. He has the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Um, so Gustav comes down the steps and Da Vinci goes down as well and says that. Maurice said the prince wasn't expecting her, and she explains her situation and tells them that she's really Danielle de Barbrac. She's a servant. And Da Vinci is like, yeah, and I'm the bastard son of a peasant, so what? Who cares? So what? Equal opportunity. <laughs> yes. And Louise and Paulette are like, we have to get you ready for the ball. But Danielle is like, I don't think I can face him. But Da Vinci says that he deserves to hear the truth. From the one he loves. Does he? I don't think so. (laughs) And she says, a bird and a fish may love each other, but they'd have nowhere to live. And Da Vinci says, then I shall make you wings. Da Vinci is like the Arthur of Ever After. (laughs) Even though I guess that movie came out after. Yeah. But... The fact that Leonardo da Vinci is the fairy godmother character in this story is just incredible. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. So the king talks to Henry. 
He says that maybe he put too much pressure on him with the whole marriage contract. He just thought that he was floundering, and he thinks that the university is actually a really brilliant idea and that they don't have to announce anything tonight. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a very reasonable, yeah. kind thing to do to be like, you know what, son, I think I was wrong. Let's just yeah. chill the F out for a second. <laughs> like, we kind of thought you had no direction, but like you do. Like, let's like regroup. But Henry, being his like rambunctious, <laughs> like all or nothing self, is like, no, I've made my decision. <sighs> this man infuriates me. I really can't deal with I him. I agree. <sighs> So back at the manor, Danielle is in her mother's dress and the slippers because yes, they hid it for her. And she's in the carriage, is riding off to the ball, waves back at the gate as tradition dictates. Mm-hmm. No, no heart attack. Yeah. And then Da Vinci is like, well, Gustav, let's take a look at your paintings. So at the mask, Jacqueline comes across a man who is also dressed – as a horse. Mm. I thought that she was actually um, like a pig at first because the horse <laughs> snout looked like very pig-like, but it's Henry's main guard. And yes. they have this like uh, neighing <laughs> bit back and forth. And I was like, oh my God. But the trumpets sound and the king welcomes everyone to the ball, etc., etc. And he starts to announce Henry's engagement. Danielle is walking up the steps. She tells herself to breathe, just breathe. And Henry looks up and sees Danielle in this gorgeous gown. She has yes. wings, like just like Da Vinci said. And he's stunned. He stops his father. He goes over to her and says that he thought she was engaged. And she says, no, but there is something she must say before another word is spoken. But of course. Ugh. Henry is literally the worst listener ever. God. And gets way ahead of himself. He's like, well, you're single. Like, come meet my parents. <laughs> Bro, listen. So she's trying to talk to him, and he's dragging her in front of everybody up to his parents. And the Baroness is like, not today. And she goes up and rips Danielle's wings off her back and exposes her true identity. Yes, with the lashings and everything. Yeah, and Henry's like, please tell this woman who you really are. Like, what the fuck is this Baroness on about? And Danielle is like, it's true. Nicole de Lancre was my mother. And he immediately turns on her. Really awful. Like, flips the switch. He's like, you were the servant that threw the apples at me. And he's really mad. Mm-hmm. That she's a servant. And when she calls him Henry, he says, do not address me so informally. What the fuck, dude? This is why I can't root for him. The thing is, I understand the the prince um, like archetype is supposed to be like, yeah. I always get lied to. I feel betrayed right. that I'm lied to. But because he shows like no remorse, he seems yeah. like really like brutal i like don't feel for him about the lying like i don't i think he's just being like a total asshole yeah and because he seems more upset about her station than the fact that he that she lied to him yes like if he if it was if the writers wanted to make him a little bit more of a sympathetic character yeah they would frame it more 
at him being upset about the betrayal in the dialogue Definitely. rather than it just being subtext. Mm-hmm. But in the dialogue, he's just like, you're fucking dirty servant and like how could i ever like that's kind of the vibe that they're going for so mm-hmm. it makes him really unsympathetic i agree yeah yeah Ugh. so after this public humiliation yeah danielle runs off in shame and as she's running away like da vinci arrives back at the castle and sees her and sees that she leaves her slipper behind after she falls and runs off so da vinci and henry have a chat And Da Vinci says that he is way out of line. Danielle went through so much to get here tonight, and all he did was feed her to the wolves. Mm -hmm. Henry now reveals that he is pissed off that she lied, but Da Vinci says that she came to tell the truth, and he, like, didn't care at all. So Mm -hmm. Henry (laughs) – Henry's like, you know nothing about life, old man. (laughs) And they argue, but Da Vinci is like – she is your match. And Henry says he has specific obligations. He is a servant to his crown and he's made his decision. And Da Vinci tells him that if that's true, he doesn't deserve her and leaves mm-hmm. Danielle's shoe with Henry. And then poor Danielle, sobbing, crying, walking home mm-hmm. in the rain, only one shoe, one shoe, sits on her stoop. Crying in a thunderstorm. Yes. So then the next morning, Danielle is digging in the garden and the Baroness comes over and she's like, you know, I have it on good authority that Henry was going to pick Marguerite as his bride before your little stunt. And Danielle's like not taking any of her shit. She tries to like walk away, Mm -hmm. but the Baroness blocks her. And Danielle is like, you finally got what you want. Just go live at the palace and leave us be. And the Baroness is like, you're not my problem anymore. And Danielle says that she's done everything that she's ever asked her to do. And she still refuses to be a mother to her and asks Uh. if there was ever a time ever where she loved her at all. And the Baroness says, how can anyone love a pebble in their shoe? Such a heartbreaking line. Horrible. Because at least part of me thought that maybe – she would admit to wanting her to be her daughter at first, like when she was younger or anything, but no. Yeah, no. So then after this heartbreaking moment, Louise calls out to Danielle and says, all of the missing items are back. Mm-hmm. So they run up to the front gate where Monsieur Le Pew is there with all of their stuff. Yeah. Turns out that is who the Baroness was selling all of their things to. Mm-hmm. And he has agreed to give it all back in exchange for Danielle. And the Baroness is like, well, I think I'm getting the better end of the deal here. Danielle has no choice in the matter. They grab her and throw her into the carriage. Yeah. The servants are like screaming, trying to get her back, but it's no use. And then we see Da Vinci painting the portrait of Danielle that we saw in the beginning of the movie. Yes. The next scene is the wedding between Prince Henry and the Spanish bride. We see them walking toward, um, like, the officiator of the wedding, and she is like, (gasps) (gasps) and at first you're like, wait, what is up? And then as she gets closer and closer, you realize she is sobbing her brains out, like, full on, like, (sighs) like, 
gasping, yeah, weeping, <laughs> the whole nine. And she walks down the aisle with Henry. The ceremony begins, continuous crying. Henry eventually starts giggling, and he's just laughing at how ridiculous it is, and he tells her that he knows exactly how she feels and kisses her on the cheek and lets her run off to her beloved man in the crowd, which is, like, some, (laughs) like... Who's also crying. Yeah, this guy who's been (laughs) sobbing with, like, balding head and, like, kind of short and stumpy. And um, then... The Baroness and Marguerite, like, start celebrating. Oh, yeah. They're dressed, like, in all black as if they were mourning (laughs) to the wedding. And they're like, fuck yes. But instead, Henry runs off. And the king and queen are, like, watching the Spanish king and queen arguing at each other. Yeah. And they're laughing their asses off. Yeah. Um, It's a big bonding moment for them. Yeah. So Henry asks Maurice where Danny is. And Jacqueline actually fills him in. She says, you know, she's with Monsieur Le Pew. <laughs> and he asks them not to tell anyone that they have spoken and grabs his men to get to work. Yes. So at Monsieur Le Pew's mansion, mm-hmm. this man has Danielle in irons because she keeps trying to run away. Yeah. And she says that she belongs to no one, least of all him. And he asks her to reconsider his offer. And she's like, I would rather not. It's implied that it's like a sexual Mm -hmm. offer. And he talks about how he just has to break her like a stubborn horse. And he starts like touching her hair. He's like breathing into her ear. I hate it. It, Yeah, it sends shivers down my spine. It's so gross. And she tells him to maintain his distance. But he doesn't. So she grabs the sword from his belt and, like, has him at the tip of it. He threatens to have her hanged for this. And she's like, you can't have me hanged if you're dead. Bang, bang. He then is like, wow, what a fiery woman, and tries to kiss her. So she slashes his face. Yeah, like a real gash. Yeah. And then grabs another sword from, like, the table behind her. She says that her dad taught her how to fight and tells him to give her the key to, like, her irons or she'll slit him from navel to nose. So he does give her the key, Mm -hmm. granting her her freedom. I'm surprised that he gives it to her. I thought it would be a much longer scene. (laughs) Yeah, I guess he didn't want to fucking die in that (laughs) horrible way. (laughs) I'm surprised – well, that there wasn't any, like, recourse. Like, he wasn't like, God's – but, yeah. you know, good for her. I'm glad. I'm happy. Yes. So yeah. Danielle walks outside. And who does she see? Prince Henry. You're too late, sir. <sighs> Henry apologizes to her and says that he fucked up on the first test. Literally the first issue that they had. Yeah. He fucked up so badly. So he calls her Danielle and starts, like, apologizing more. And he, she's like, stop say it again and he calls her danielle again and then henry presents her with the shoe that she left behind and tells her that she's his perfect match in every way he kneels down to place the shoe on her little dirty stocking (laughs) and he says i kneel before you not as a prince but as a man in love 
but I would feel like a king if you, Danielle de Babrak, would be my wife. And Danielle cries and she laughs and hugs him and they kiss and have this little like twirl, beautiful moment. I really wish she didn't forgive him like so quickly and easily. Yeah, she's like, Danielle? Oh, Danielle's here. You said my name? <laughs> Bare minimum. Bare, Bare minimum. minimum. Ladies, the bar down here. The bar is in hell. <laughs> um, even when like he first goes up to her and starts talking and like is trying to reconcile with her, she's not even like, you treated me like shit or anything like that. She's just like, I'm but a lowly servant. Like... There's no way you could love me. I'm like, girl, you were doing so well. Like, you were standing up for yourself. Where did all that self-confidence go? Out the door. It is a letdown for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm happy that she's happy. And, like, clearly she did love him and this is what she wanted. But Mm -hmm. I wish she made him work for it a little more. You better work, bitch. Now get to work, bitch. Don't need no, no, no one else. I'd rather rescue myself. That's what she needed. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So then back at the manor, Marguerite is interrogating Jacqueline because she heard that Henry spoke to her after he fled the wedding. Mm -hmm. And Jacqueline is like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure. But he said something like serves me right for choosing a foreigner over your sister (laughs) completely fucking with them Ah! the baroness and marguerite are stoked and they're like well we should just let him fret for a few days the bell rings immediately they rush to the door Mm -hmm. and it's one of like the pages from the castle and it turns out that the king has summoned them and demands that they arrive in style they're very excited. Yeah. It turns out the man that summoned them is actually like Jacqueline's little boo like thing. Boo, yeah. Yeah. So they get totally dolled up, like best dress. Yeah. To go to the court and they arrive to a full audience and the royal family waiting. So the king asks the baroness if she lied to the queen. <laughs> And the Baroness Rodmilla de Ghent is like, what? <laughs> Freaking shook right now. She's like, uh, a woman would do anything for her daughter. Maybe I got carried away. And sees, I'm just a baby. I, I don't know, know how to talk. <laughs> I don't know how to not lie to the queen. So Marguerite immediately throws her mom under the bus and she says that she's just a victim here. The Baroness starts yelling at her. It is like a painful showing. And the king silences them and asks if they're always like this. And Jacqueline says worse. So the Baroness asks Jacqueline if she had anything to do with this. And she says, of course not. She's only here for the food. Throwing her words back at her mom. Yes. So the queen strips the baroness of her title and says that she and Marguerite will be shipped to the Americas on the next boat unless someone will speak for them. Not a damn soul moves a muscle. And the baroness is like, I think a lot of people are out of town right now. (laughs) Yeah. But then behind them, a woman's voice says, I will turn around it's danielle looking amazing Mm -hmm. gorgeous dress gorgeous crown stunning and she says 
I will speak for them. Everyone bows. Eventually, so does the Baroness. And Henry is like, Marguerite, I don't believe you've met my wife. (gasps) Oh my God. (laughs) And Danielle says to the Baroness, I want you to know that I will forget you after this moment and never think of you again. But you, I am quite certain, will think about me every single day for the rest of your life. And the Baroness asks how long that might be. (laughs) Uh. And Danielle is like, mother and father-in-law, I ask you to show the Baroness the same courtesy that she bestowed upon me. So what happens to the Baroness and Marguerite? They are the newest servants, okay? Mm -hmm. Where are they? I really can't say, but there are a lot of women running around, like, washing up, um, cleaning, like, fabrics. Yeah. So they're in this, like, laundromat-esque environment where (laughs) everyone's, like, rushing around doing work. Yeah. Immediately start bickering. Their boss throws them into the laundry water, and they, like, come up. And they're totally purple, like they've been dyed purple from the water that they were thrown into. So then we have our last scene with our heroes. Da Vinci presents Danielle with the portrait that he made of her. We see Jacqueline and her mans, Mm -hmm. Louise, Paulette, Maurice, Gustave. They're all living at the palace now. Yes. Henry says something. I can't remember. What does he say? He says he makes some sort of comment I think he mentions that the portrait doesn't really look like her. Mm. And she's like, oh my gosh, like you, sire, are supposed to be charming. And he was like, and we are supposed to live happily ever after. And she's like, says who? And he pauses and he's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So back to the story that's actually being told by Her Majesty Mm. to the Grimm brothers. She says that her great-great-grandmother's portrait, you know, Danielle de Barbrach, Mm -hmm. hung in the university until the revolution. By then, the truth of their rumors was reduced to a fairy tale, but they did live happily ever after. And then she says, the point is, gentlemen, that they lived. Uh, And that is ever after. Yes. What a little whirlwind. Yeah. One moment you're in love, the next moment you're being tortured, the next moment mm. um, it's a fairy tale, it's a, <laughs> like a fucking serious drama, it's a comedy. Mm. I did really enjoy it, and I think I enjoyed it more talking about it. Yeah, same. I feel like going in, I was kind of like, oh, it was okay, but after we've like gone through the plot again, there was a lot of stuff about it that I really, really liked. And lots of really cool layers that they added to, like, Mm -hmm. the base story of Cinderella. There's definitely a lot of subtleties in this movie that Mm -hmm. talking about it, like, just now in the pod, I realized more than when I was watching. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, like, the undertones of the Baroness and um, Danielle and Henry and their kind of, like, subplots, I guess you could say. Yeah. I think, for me, the only thing that really falls short in this movie is Henry. Yeah, I didn't like his performance. If the actor playing him had a bit more, like, charm and didn't look like his eyes were glazed over the entire time, I think I would have been able to, Mm -hmm. like, connect with him a little more or, like, want to root for him. Yeah. But I just didn't. I didn't even feel like their chemistry was that hot and heavy. Not really. And I'm just like, you don't listen. 
And I can't stand men that don't listen. Yeah, maybe he's a bad scene partner too. Like he, yeah. he's like, not only is my character <laughs> bad at listening, yeah. but I too am bad at listening. Yeah, I think if he had more charm, then I would be able to root for that love story more. Yeah. But I was rooting for Danielle the whole time, always. Same, Same. yeah. I just think it's a really clever take on classic Cinderella. I like mm-hmm. that he knew her before the ball um, and that yeah. the, the whole chase of finding the one with the glass slipper got cut out. Because I think that's, like, my least favorite part. I agree. Mm -hmm. It, like, doesn't make sense that he doesn't recognize her. Like, that whole thing always bugged me. So I liked the twist of their relationship developing this whole time is more just, like, Mm -hmm. figuring out where he could find her. Yeah. But he knew who he was looking for, at least. I want to watch Bridgerton again after watching this movie. (laughs) I was, like, becoming obsessed with it again, thinking about, like, the promenade and the balls Mm. and, like, the courtiers. Yeah. I think you should look into some, like, fantasy films that are more so set in this era. I think you should watch Stardust. I think that that is a great gateway film to, like, this kind of genre. Mm -hmm. Because it is also, like, very much a love story. Have you seen – is it just called Enchanted? With Amy Adams? Yeah, and she, like, arrives in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely more of a comedy, but Mm -hmm. I do really love that movie. It's not even a time piece. I just made me think of it because we were talking about fairy tales. Yeah. Yeah, there is something, like, nice about watching fairy tales just in the sense that there isn't – the added layer of like minuscule like social and yeah like it's just very much like this is the plot line where we're going in on it Mm -hmm. yeah and I guess suspension of disbelief and like getting to like doing a little escapism if you will totally and yeah the focus is just more on the story and the plot and plots are more Mm -hmm. I think intricate and interesting because we're not like devoting all this time to like minutia and like yeah. tiny little like social media problem and then like it's yeah yeah that can get so exhausting so that's why i really like like period fantasy pieces like this yeah maybe I'll great pick it. nicole <laughs> yes thank you i was glad we got to do something we both have never seen mm-hmm. talk about it for the first time definitely shall we rate it yeah let's do it I'm thinking I'm thinking a five or a six. Mm. Just because it's not like my all-time favorite, but I did enjoy watching it. I feel like five or six mm. is like in the middle. I was around like a six point five. Okay. Should we meet at like a six? Yeah, let's do six. Yeah. It wasn't a bad movie. No, it wasn't bad. At all. Like it was it was very enjoyable. And if you haven't seen it, I do recommend watching it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes, we had so much fun reviewing and just want to say happy birthday, Nicole, Yeah, one more time. If you wanted um, us to cover a movie for your birthday, don't be shy. Send us an email. Yes. Um, we'll try to fit it into the schedule. Definitely, definitely. And where can you email us? Oh, people are asking. <gasps> Movies that raises at gmail.com. Yes. And where can they follow us on TikTok? Oh, my God. Movies that raise this pod. And I'll let you know where we can follow. <laughs> I, can't, I can't speak any longer. Um, if you wanted to follow us on Instagram, it's at movies that raised us. Mm-hmm. And is that all we have? Twitter. Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. 
Yes. And don't forget to vote for the Star Dazzle Awards. Today is your last day. The last day. And you can find that link in our bio. You can find the Star Dazzle Awards voting forum. You can find mm-hmm. our merch. And you can find yes. the link to Little Lady Baby, an amazing small business located in Massachusetts, I believe. Rhode Island. No, Rhode Island. Fuck. Bad Newport. at geography. I was like, where's Cape Cod? It's in Massachusetts. Um, I'm wearing their shirt right now from their new line. It has vintage prints, but it's like on an Instagram post. It's super cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make sure to support their business because you're also supporting our business in the process. Yes. Thank you so much for sticking with us for a whole year. Yes. Last so movie stoked. of the season. Um, and we will see you next week for the Star Dazzle Awards. Ooh. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.